at the beginning of the year to talk about, um, not more as recap. We do that a lot of times in the fall, uh, where, we, where we've gone. We'll have a little of that at the end, but this is more of like where, where we're headed, what we're trusting the Lord for, almost like a tune-up little action as we look at the year, seeing what we've been doing, seeing some areas that we need to uh, maybe focus in on and make sure that we're holistically and in a, um, the best manner we can on this side of heaven be, be faithful to Christ. Uh, that's, the, that's the goal at this time. Um, try really hard. There's a lot of stuff. And so hopefully it'll be clear and smooth. Um, at the end of the day, if things are in the, the greatest order, um, I just look at it like ragu. I know it's in there. So just, uh, just hopefully just know that it's in there somewhere. And I'm trying to make it succinct. And maybe uh, two or three of you guys can come up alongside me uh, in the future and help me make things clearer um, as I desire to grow in the Lord too. With that said, let's just, bust, just go right through some stuff. Uh, at, at MacAv, our culture is... Um, if there are questions that can add value to the kingdom, to the people of God in this room, please feel free to ask those questions. Our heart is always about uh, clarity and understanding uh, so our worship can be informed, uh, not just to get smarter. Uh, so we would hate for people to have the same question and for you guys to leave foggy. Uh, and that's okay if it puts me on blast. Um, I need that growth as well. But the goal, if it, if it exalts Christ, we still want to do it, okay? So don't worry about me. I'll be all right. Um, just make sure that the body is is encouraged in understanding uh, where we're headed so that we can, again, be united as we trust the Lord uh, to neighbor well and to be about the gospel individually and in the community. Okay, guys? All right, notice something here. Uh, Vision 2013, our, our, our theme is focus and faithfulness. Uh, some of my dearest homies here, I think I saw Josh Bowden here somewhere. I don't know if he's still here or not. Oh, hey, bud. Uh, we, we were talking in... And all kind of, uh, and, and many of you guys um, have been really faithful in giving appropriate critique of MacAv. We do a lot of things well, a lot of good things well. My Mac group and all you guys have been really good at this, and that is helping us understand that we really need to do better in this area. Uh, we need to we need to do better and and stay in focus, and making sure that when we start a task, we complete it. Uh, making sure that we, we put all hands on deck and we continue to, to, to focus and be okay with it not being sexy. Because I, what I'm realizing is it's easy to say that, but when, you, when you're doing something for a while, you kind of go, well, you got to change something. You got to do something or you got to do something new. And I get caught up in that rat race spiritually, just like I think many of you. And so we need to hold each other accountable uh, that we want to be a body that when we say we're going to do something, we, may, we do it and we focus until it's excellent, until Christ is clearly displayed. And then we add something else. Okay. So that, so that is me telling you that's what we're committed to as a local body, but also that's an apology to you as your leader, one of your leaders uh, saying that we, we totally hear you loud and clear and it's fair assessment and we really want to grow in that area. Okay, guys? The other piece is the issue of faithfulness. Um, this is an area where I think we're, we're good in areas. All right? And so... Uh, I, you know, my role is to make sure that we keep holding this in the camp, make sure that I'm p- pointing you to Christ. So if there's some things that sting a little bit, don't get mad at me. I'm just a messenger. I, I love you, though. And a goal is for us to clearly demonstrate Jesus, okay? Right? All right. I need that because I don't want y'all beating the brother up. Okay. So everything we do, this is start off, if you're a visitor, everything we do is we want it to flow uh, from Jesus. And we see that happening because we are always trying to figure out ways to accent, to exalt Christ through making a clear articulation of the gospel. Okay? The good news of Christ. Now, this is our, what we call our abridged version. You can find it online, uh, the paragraph, uh, just the nuts and bolts. If you're going, what is the gospel? You know, some of us think it's gospel music. It's praying before your lunch or dinner. That's not the gospel, okay? Uh, the gospel is the good news of Christ. And the question on the table is, why is Christ good news? just want to walk through this real quick uh, because we have a lot more to do. But we're not going anywhere until we are understanding clearly what the gospel is. Notice what it says here. So first we talk with God being our, our holy, perfect, just creator. Our created everything. We always talk about him creating out of the abundance of love. And so his creation, the things he made, he made, he made because, not because he was bored or he, he was without, but because of abundance. We always talk about that the gospel narrative does not start with sinner. It starts with love. It starts with God, God being so loving, so awesome, that it's kind of dripping out of his pockets. He's like, what do I do with all this love? And he just creates stuff because he's cool like that. Different from us, so it's hard for us 
us to even picture that because we're so baggage driven and everything we do is out of like, like out of not having something. So we get a girlfriend because we're lonely. We have kids because we're like, well, I need, you know, we do everything because of our want. God was totally content in himself and then decided to create actually to bless us, not to bless himself. That's how cool he is. So, so he creates, but then he creates out of all the creation, rocks, moons, all this stuff. He creates us as people, uh, his, as image bearers, right? And he creates us with dignity, value, purpose, and worth. We have the audacity to think we're our own gods. We get blessed by Jesus and then we sin against God. And then what he should have done, he should have killed us all. Uh, the Bible talks about that, uh, that we deserve death because of our sin. And that's where justice comes in, that we deserve punishment. Could have destroyed every one of us and been totally just in doing so. But in the midst of justice, we have mercy. Praise the Lord for mercy. And the Bible says he had pity on you and me. He looked down and said, mm, 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 look at these nutballs. I'm going to have to do something because they're so jacked up, right? And he says, God demonstrates his love. And what he does in that mercy, he acts on it. And I talk about in Ephesians 2, I love this whole concept of what he does. He, he loves us, he loves us in, in now and he loves us in, in verb, right? He loves us and then he loves us. He actually places love upon us. And that's what Jesus comes in. Demonstrates his love by sending Jesus. Jesus lives a perfect life, right? Without sin, something you and I could not do. So he lives a perfect life. He's the perfect son, the God man. And then what happens is he takes on our sin, right? Propitiation, right? So basically what he does, the substitutionary atonement, we deserve death. God did not deserve death. Jesus did not deserve death. He was perfect. We were not perfect. What he does is he takes on our sin, on our imperfections, on our death. And then what he does is he gives those who loved Christ, he gives us his life. Okay, he gives us his righteousness. So we give, he doesn't just do away with sin. I always talk about that, right? He, he, he does away with sin, but also then he makes us righteous. That's what's cool. He doesn't just make us innocent, right? You don't have sin anymore, but then he makes you righteous. Praise the Lord. So Jesus died, taking on our sin, absorbing God's wrath in our place. Sin was wiped out and death was extinguished. And what God does is in doing that, right, Jesus rises from the dead. So you have the cross and you have this resurrection showing, showing that Jesus did not only die for you, he rose for you. And what he's saying in doing that is not only does he now not allow you to experience death, but he's saying you can rise with me. And so what he does is he gives us new life. So the resurrection, he's the firstborn of the resurrection because now he's saying, just like I rose from the dead, you one day will rise from the dead. And what we do, we rise spiritually. And then in the second coming, he's going to give us glorified bodies like he had. And we're going to kick it forever in our glorified bodies. I'm not going to have asthma. It's going to be awesome. So sin was, it's the sin was wiped out and death was extinguished. Jesus rose from the dead, victoriously conquering death, restoring righteousness to us and raising up our lives. Okay. In doing so, then he's, we now are alive at Christ. Christ is alive, reigning right now as king. And understand this. So he's not just waiting to be king. He has been coronated as king. And right now he is ruling and reigning right now. While you see sin and all this craziness, you're going, well, what about all this sin? We can talk about that another time. But he's ruling and reigning over the moderns and the postmodern, the skinny and the fat and the white and the black and intelligent and those who are not intelligent over every person, both the kings, the custodians, you name it. He's saying, I'm reigning over, ruling over everybody. And so now, one day everybody's going to have the answer to Jesus because he is ruling and reigning over all of his creation. And then now we have to respond to that reality of him being king. It says we must repent from our sins and trust Christ because he's the only one who can provide this life because remember, because of sin, we all deserved death. Okay. So it says his response, our response is that we need to re- respond to Christ. And then what he does, it doesn't just stop there. And I want you to notice something here. The gospel is very interesting because there's two components. And sometimes we can get it, we can get it kind of, we can get caught up in our passions and, and kind of focus on one component. There's, these huge, there's a huge component of, of his sacrificial atonement, okay? Behold, the Lamb of God uh, who's taken away the sin of the world. Uh, Jesus is our lamb. He's died for our sin. And so now we have, we experience this whole salvation piece. Like, man, if I give my life to Jesus, I'll be saved from my sin. But he's also the reigning king that the lamb who was slain is also the lion of Judah. And so he's saying, not only did I die for your sin, but I rose and I reigned. And so now you must experience and actually come under the subordinates of that reign. If you're really my children. That's a lordship component. That's an issue of that my life, if, if, if Jesus is really my king, then that means I'm not king anymore and my life changes and it's under his rule and reign. Does that make sense? 
We miss that in our community here, okay? We, are, we do religion and we do church stuff and we are culturally church, but we miss this component that although he, as, as he is a lamb that is slain, he's a lion of Judah and that, that means something to your life. And so what God does, if that really means something, if you understand that reigning component is that as you become a believer, you're now commissioned. You hear me? You're not just a believer to be a Starbucks and be a believer reading your Bible all the time. And that's really cute. But you're also a believer because he's sent you now to be on mission. He's rebirthed you to now retell his story as your newly created human. That's what your goal was in the beginning anyway, to make much of Christ. We didn't because of sin. He saves you, rebirths you and says, make much of me again in your rebirth. Okay. So now you're missionaries to proclaim the gospel. And in doing so through proclaiming the gospel and living a life of faith, we are continually sanctified and changing. And then what God does, cause we come to Christ, and you know, we're all jacked up. But in God, as time goes on, he continues to make what he said is a reality. He says in the heavenly realms, we're not right now sitting in heavenly places. Ephesians two says that he says, that's a reality. We are his, we're perfect. We're holy right now. He says that reality, I start to actually allow to flesh out and become actually externally seen even now as I make you more like me. And that's the role. That's where we are. A lot of us are, are on that journey right now. Some of us are still dead spiritually and we're praying that you will not settle for those plastic pearls because without Jesus, you're living a life of fakeness. It don't even make sense. And we're asking that you realize that there's joy only in Christ. This is why we started Mac Ave. This is why we are here as a church family. We are here unapologetically because we want to proclaim the gospel to each other. It's not something you believe initially and then you go on doing your life. We believe and we continue to believe the gospel. We believe the gospel for each other. We care about each other through the gospel. And then we share the gospel with our neighbors and we neighbor with the gospel. We do our, we work with the gospel. Everything that we do, we live and have our being in that reality. This is why we do everything we're going to do. Everything we're going to talk about stems from this. Okay? Amen. Okay, so how are we doing? How are we doing, MacAv? Considering that reality, let's, let me, let's look at something real quick. So basically, stages of growth in ministry. Let's talk about our ministry. So we're a church, um, local church. The Lord has blessed us. And what happens, you know, six years ago when you started church, actually we started a service about three years ago. It'll be four years, um, uh, New Year, I'm sorry, um, Easter. Thank you. Uh, it'll be four years Easter. Uh, but we've we been here six years and just neighboring and loving our neighbors and, and being loved on by our neighbors. Uh, and so what happens is I want to talk about um, basically some dangers that we can go into in the different stages, okay? And I, want, and I want to talk about where I perceive where we are here and we got to be a little careful, okay, guys? So this is what happens when you start a ministry. or Now, people talk about this in business or whatever. I'm talking about it from the perspective of what we've seen just in our local body, okay? Um, startup, you might think, what is the most dangerous time? I think they all have danger components. In the startup, usually you're excited about momentum. Uh, you know, so everybody's going crazy. So you all, you're, you're almost fueled from the newness of it all. Uh, but, but a danger when you're, when, you're, when you're starting a ministry is uh, you can have, you, you got to be very careful from disruptive DNA, okay? Because when you start a ministry, if something's kind of bad in the beginning stages and it becomes part of the root problem, it becomes really bad as you grow it, right? It's like growing a, well, I almost said something bad. So you, you, know, so you know what I'm saying? All right, I was just told that I give really kind of interesting examples and I need to be careful not to offend cats. I said, I'm not like Leon, though, am I? I'm just kidding. All right, that was a joke. You know, that's my brother. I love him to death. Come on. All right, so, uh, (laughs) so, um, so that's, so that's, that's a danger, right? You know, something can become really bad and can be cantankerous in the body as it grows. Now you have here, you have vision achievement toward the end. Uh, you can see the finish line. So that continues to, that continues to propel you too. When you finally see where you're going to head and you're going to get, you go, okay, I'm tired, but I'm going to muster it up because I can see the finish line, right? Now the danger here is, man, you get to the finish line, you don't finish at all. It's all for nothing, okay? Um, I think we're obviously in the middle, uh, I think we're here. We're in, this, we're in this, this long, faithful journey, right? And the faithful journey is way longer than the startup and the finish line. It's a long journey, okay, guys? And what happens in a the, in the journey, here's what's hard, is this is where all the unfun, the unpopular, the unsexy stuff happens, right? This is where you have growth and maturity, this is, where, this is where it's not about who can speak the best, who can sing the best, you know, who can make the kids laugh. It's not about you no more, right? We, we, can, we tired of you. We've seen you enough. 
Now it's about something deeper. It's about character. It's about people actually walking with the Lord, actually loving friendships. It's about being on mission in the community and not having friendships be a hustle, but actually liking your neighbors. It begins, God begins to purify. Remember that goal, sanctification? Now God begins to purify you. And he begins to say, now why are you really doing what you're doing? This is the hard time. This is where depth and focus and faithfulness happens. But you know the danger during this time, guys? This is where you can have a lull. Spiritual apathy. Burnout. This is, this is, a, this is I, I'm proposing, this is where we are now. And I think we're experiencing some of these danger points. And I want us to just see that clearly and ask the Lord to do something in our lives as we experience some of these danger points. See, you see this whole issue of patience versus urgency and action versus burnout. I'm going to talk about um, uh, hopefully in a moment. Okay, guys. So I think we're there. And so as we're having this discussion, I want us to remember that proposal. And I want us to ask ourselves, like, what do we do uh, being there? What do we do in that, in that framework? Now, it was hard about this journey, uh, other than like, you know, businesses where you have this specific goal, is that the goal of Christ as his believers is faithfulness. So I think that makes it really hard because now there is, you know, I'm a, I'm a person, I'm a type A person. Give me something. I say, if I get that, I'm done. Where Christ says, be godly for the rest of your life. And there's no specific morsel I get to grab hold to and find my identity in. But I get to just trust that Christ is good. So that's what makes this all really hard, right? It's not only hard in the fact that that's the reality of the vision, whether you had a morsel or not. But in Christianity, you are here to get Christ. And you have Christ. And so you don't get more Christ. And so you have Christ and then you live a life of faith where the world tells you Christ isn't enough. Your faithful ministry to your neighbor isn't enough. You need to do something else. You need to start something. It's hard. This is where we are. Okay. Now, remember what we talked about. I'm going to talk about it from the perspective of outreach. So I, I brought about this issue of, of patience versus urgency. It'll come in in a moment. So the way we're going to uh, do this thing is, that's kind of big picture, okay? Um, now we're going to talk specifically from our different ministries, how we extend the gospel in this community. Okay, guys? We're going to start with assessing outreach. And let me know if there's any questions. I want us to understand, I want us to be on the same page. Because my biggest prayer for us, one of my biggest prayers is man, I'm like, Lord, he just put like, we need to be united. I'm praying for that. Oh, man, I cry sometimes in that. I just want us to be a united body. So assessing outreach, let's talk about why we do ministry. Obviously, um, we make this really clear in our book, Discipleship Defined. I want to ask you to go back to that chapter, read it, digest it. If there's theological holes in it, hit your boy up. If there's not, rest in that, repent, and let's get right, okay? Why do we do ministry? Well, uh, we talked about that. We're his people, okay? He makes us his people, and then he makes us his missionaries. And although, you know, we, we've coined missionaries, there's, these, there's missionaries that go over to Darfur, you are missionaries in this world for the gospel, okay? You become his missionaries retelling his story. Um, so here, I'm, I'm talking about, so why do, why do we engage ministry in our community is a question, Okay. So what he does, Christ unleashes his creation to the world to build worshipers, right? We always talk about uh, what, what John Piper says, you know, why does missions exist? Because worship doesn't, okay? So if you're here, the reason why we are here is because everybody should be worshiping Christ. Everybody's not worshiping Christ. So what God has prescribed should be a described reality is not a described reality yet. And God is saying, I want you guys to all go and make the prescribed reality that I have everybody worshiping me a described reality where I can actually see it, Okay. And so he wants everybody to be worshiping him. That's our role. We minister, we serve, we care for people, and we trust that they will become worshipers. And, they, and God would have worshipers. We would build worshipers. Uh, but also, don't notice, miss this one. Ministry actually assists, and this is, I'm, I'm convinced of this, uh, ministry assists in, in Christ's exaltation for sure, but also in your sanctification. I, I, I propose that it's almost like growth on steroids. When you and I are engaging people and we come out the closet, and we start engaging people consistently about what does it mean to minister the gospel. Uh, what it does, it does something in you. Because now you've got to ask yourself what you really believe. 
Right. And so and so when you're training people and you're also consistently caring for people and this will be because um, I want to get, make sure you guys are listening. This will be on a uh, website so you can grab the hopefully the, uh, the slides or something like that. Um, so you guys can re- cause I know you guys are being faithful, but I want you to make sure you're hearing, too. Um, and so this is what it does. It sanctifies us. And that's why it's, it's almost like a discipline. I, I, I would love to do a, a theological study on that because it's like prayer and Bible reading. You know, that's why we get spiritually attacked. That's why there's always an excuse to not hand out your flyer, right? Because Satan knows that this is part of your maturation process. This is what God uses. So by worshiping Jesus and making worshipers for Jesus, we fulfill our destinies as God's creation. This is why we do ministry, okay? It's for Christ primarily. God allows it actually to do something in us secondarily. And obviously, he builds worshipers, which is also uh, for the glory of Jesus, Okay? So this is why we have outreach, okay? Now, our environments of outreach, let's talk about our environments real quick. We, we, have, we have provided these environments of outreach where we're saying, here, if we, we are convinced that that is theologically tight. God wants us to be out serving our faith, sharing, people, sharing our faith, caring for people. So we said, how do we make sure that there's an environment that our local body can just do that in their natural rhythm and flow? Right. So we said corner store and neighboring and one on one mat groups, momentum outreaches. This is kind of our 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 environment for you to be engaging uh, your neighbors uh, and caring for people in our community. Okay. now let's talk through this a little bit. In those. um, What can happen is I've I've seen in our body, we can have you can have two aspects of it. You can have basically uh, patience and kind of urgency. Okay. Um, in, in trusting in God's sovereignty and service. Now, uh, how do I let me make sure? Let me, let me see something real quick. Okay, now I want to I share this as distinct as I can, so give me grace here. Um, what can happen when we're, when, we, when, we're, when we're engaged in our community? What has happened with the leadership is I feel like you guys have actually done what we've asked you to do. Uh, and what I mean by that is you've, you have been neighboring well. Okay, uh, you guys are inviting your neighbors. You're caring for people. Um, I just I see you guys all the time. You know your neighbors. Uh, you guys have been absolutely faithful in that way. Uh, I'm praising the Lord for you. I think our body. You know how I feel about you guys. I think you guys are absolutely awesome. Um, what happens though is what I've seen um, is is that in outreach in general, and I think more in a perspective of communal outreach. Now hear me here. What can happen is we can have an urgency where we can go, man, we got to do all this stuff for the community. We got to, we got to serve this and it can become methodology based. It can become works based, right? Where we feel like we got to do all these things to see people come to Christ. And this is where you can kind of uh, get kind of burnout right here. Uh, But if you're super patient, when you're thinking of God's sovereignty, what can happen is you can kind of go, you know what? It's almost like, and I don't think we do this intentionally. We can also become a, a, a sense of fatalism. Where you're going, you know what? I think we just kind of let go and let God. You know, I'll just be, I'll kind of be faithful. I'll talk to people. I'll do these things. But I'm not going to have this urgency of making sure that I'm out in the community. Just, just, just realizing that people are going to hell. People are not experiencing Christ. And I'm going to ask the Lord to give me the strength to keep going out, keep going out, rejuvenate my mind in Christ, keep going out. And so when we miss that, what can happen is that you can have like no patience. So basically what, what, what that ends up being is almost uh, a lack of faithfulness. You end in saying, well, I'm just, I'm not doing the certain things. And I've seen this not in the, in the sense of our communal outreach. So our neighboring, I think is awesome. But what I've seen in us doing our momentum outreaches and some of our different outreaches is I've seen a huge um, what you call, decline uh, in how we are serving and in how we're utilizing the communal component of what we do, okay? Now, what's interesting is, and, and, I, and I must say, when we, when we first started, you know, we, and you guys remember this, we had, we had 15, 20 people, you know, and, and I'm realizing that we, we used to do, I mean, we, remember those Sunday night suppers? Oh, my goodness, I see people crying right now. So we do Sunday night suppers either every week or every other week or something. It was, like, way more frequent than our Sunday brunch, we were doing outreaches almost every week, and that was propensity for burnout, okay? But what's interesting, I think we are four to five times bigger, okay? And it seems like we're doing less, all right? So that's, something's wrong there. Now, I'm proposing a reason why part of that 
is part of our father's leaders. Part of that is I think you guys have been focused on being faithful and saying you're going to neighbor. But I think you've missed that component, uh, the importance of that communal voice to this area of us having one united front and people hearing a clear articulation of the gospel periodically from the whole body. Let me continue on. So, like I said, you're being faithful neighbors. Um, I mean, there's stories. I mean, you, uh, Pastor Eric, I think he does a great job at uh, consistently uh, being faithful uh, to his neighbors, uh, caring for his neighbors. Uh, they had a New Year's Eve party with the Mac group. Um, I mean, engaging like crazy. I can, I can point many of you guys out um, where I'm seeing us uh, be, be faithfully engaging our neighbors, and we need to continue to do that. That's part of what we need to be about. So hear me there. I'm not saying we stop one thing and do the other. I'm saying it seems like we need to make sure we can get back to balance a little bit. And we need to not devalue some of the, some of the frameworks that we have in place as a local body for, um, for you guys to be on mission. So first thing, I think we need to continue to neighbor well. Uh, we need to dispel the 80-20 principle. I think we actually do this better than any church I've ever been a part of. And what that means is usually if you, when you're in business, they talk about um, 20% of the people uh, do 80% of the work. Okay. What, what I'm realizing in our body is that's not the case. So I, I'm just telling you, I think you, we actually do this well. I, I mean, I look around this room, all y'all hustling for Christ. Everybody in here is working hard, trying to serve the Lord, trying to engage their wives, trying to engage their husbands, trying to have friendships, trying to neighbor well. I, I say kudos to you guys. I think this body is unbelievable in making sure that the body of Christ, no one's sitting the bench. So I'm praising God for you guys in that way. Um, I, make, I do want to make sure uh, that as new people come, we continue to allow that to be the culture. Okay, and we learn how to make people who are who are on the fringes or people who are just now connecting with the community that we continually engage. So hats off, guys. I don't wear a hat, but you know what I mean. And I think you guys do this in a great a great job in doing this. Uh, we just talked about having a balanced approach uh, in both of these guys, and we need to assess current outreaches and activities. Um, we need to be honest as a leadership and say, are some of these are some of the outreach activities are they have they surpassed their shelf life? Um, so for example, corner store, the corner store was here when we didn't know people. We had just, we just got here six years ago. We've been here longer than a lot of people we serve in our neighbor as, as neighbors now, because we're in a transient community. Okay. And, um, and it helped us get to know people. But what we realized is that there are some aspects that were really good about it. There were some that were not. And so, um, what we're going to do, uh, effective immediately, we're going to end corner store. So, um, and the reason why we're ending corner store is because we want to make sure that you are having an opportunity uh, to do some of the other things. Again, remember our theme, focus and faithfulness. We want to make sure that we are doing the things where we can. We say we, we come here, we're here, we're neighboring to do these things, okay? And we're going to talk about some of those things. But some of those things are making sure that we're neighboring well. Some of those things are we have in place where our mat groups need to be on mission. And I don't know if we're doing that absolutely well. I think we're doing great with Bible study. We're doing great at eating dinner. We're doing great at confessing sin. Um, yeah, y'all make some good food, but, but we, but, but are we really taking our mat groups out and engaging our community consistently? I don't know. I know our mat group isn't. Um, so this is what, this is what I'm saying. I think we need to be about this guys. If, if we're going to like do this faithful journey long-term embracing the wear and tear of missional life, I don't know how else to say this. I mean, man, we're all beat up, you know, we're all tired and we get rejuvenated and we come back and we're like, and it gets right back in the flow again. And all I can say, guys, that the Lord has shown us, we've been here years now. He's shown us. I just don't, I, I'm trying to figure out that rhythm. I don't know how it gets any easier. Sorry, guys. I, you know, I know a couple years ago I was telling you it got easier. I'm sorry. I think I lied to you because I'm looking now and I'm going, I just think being on mission in a, in, a, in a community with a body of believers like you who are holding each other accountable, we're walking with the Lord, we're trying to be about the gospel and deal with sin in our own life and we're enjoying the gospel and experiencing grace and motivation, it's just hard to balance all that. It's just hard. So we have to, get t- we have to quit complaining and going, why it's so hard? As if you didn't know it was hard. Okay? At some point, you and I have to just embrace the fact that this role of ministry that the Lord has placed us in as as missionaries here is just difficult. 
And you and I are going to always have an ebb and flow of trying to figure out how to be healthy, how to make sure I'm caring for this person, how to make sure I'm faithful in this way, how to make sure I'm walking with the Lord. And that's just going to be our journey. And that's why we need each other. That's why we have to be united, guys. That's why we need each other to make sure that we're in each other's lives and we're sharing the gospel and we're reminding each other why we do what we do. Okay? So can we all just, just decide to embrace that when we're, the way we're serving in this community, it's going to just be a wear and tear, and we just got to keep on keeping on, guys. And getting clear communication from us, I think, is another way we're going to have, um, I feel like we're going to be able to embrace and understand how to uh, do outreach in a way that's honoring the Lord. And the way, one of the ways is making clear uh, what, uh, what we're trying to be about, making uh, schedule things in advance, uh, uh, win some appeals from up front. I feel like, you know, we can't, if we're, if we're serious about these things, then we can't be giving them 20 seconds up front. You know what I'm saying? We need to, I, you know, I'm, again, that's a struggle for me as your leader. I want you to get the word, obviously. Um, uh, but, but also we've moved here. We're here, right? We, MACAV exists uh, so that we can be on mission. You, we have the different frameworks for you to be growing in your, in your faith. And so I need to, I'm going to stop being apologetic about spending a lot of time talking about outreach, about spending a lot of time talking about how to be engaged in our culture. Uh, I'm not going to be apologetic. I'm going to ask you to believe the best because I'm going to try and lead you well and make sure that I'm being faithful and proclaiming where we need to go. All right. And I'm not going to be like, well, you know what? I really mean none of that. All right. I'm just getting old. I just can't doing that. All right. So I'm just letting you know that's what's going to happen. I'm going to be proclaiming, and I'm just going to hope that you'll believe the best and trust me, trust our leadership, and know that we get it. We haven't been the best in communicating things on the fly, asking you to respond in two days to do things. That's just not, that just doesn't bless you guys as you have come and as we are serving this community to be about Jesus. So, again, we apologize for that. And I'm, I'm telling you right now, it's very important for me uh, to look at my life and say, how do, I be, how do we best bless our body um, who's serving Christ and help make, make sure that this opportunity, although hard and crazy, we can make it as much as we can easiest for you. All right? One of the ways we're going to do that is we're going to provide a, a calendar. I guess that's on the next page. Okay. Uh, celebrate the importance of unity in our community. What I mean by this, guys, is that the Momentum Outreaches is an example of the unity. And so I'm spending a lot of time on outreach, okay? But, but we need to know that a lot of times when we think of Momentum Outreaches, we look at them like, we, we used to look at them like, hey, here's where I'm going in to meet new people. But that's changed because we're, we've been neighboring well by God's grace. So you need to be assessing and asking the Lord that I mean, this might be a place now where you can actually bring your neighbor. Right? This, is, this could be a place. Because here's the thing. At some point, your neighbor gets tired of just eating dinner with you. Okay? And so you need to be able to usher in more people into your neighbor's life. And, there's, and, and so these opportunities, these momentum outreaches, the things that we do in the local body, the reason why I want people in this covenant community to be experiencing on Sunday, because I want them to be cross-pollinating with you guys, to be meeting and seeing people who are who serious about mission, who loves one another, to see this and say, I want to hang out with these people because, man, they're serious about Christ. They have character. They're, they're loving their wives. They're loving their husband. They're loving their kids. They're caring for me. I want people to see this. So we have to think of the outreaches. You can't, I just want to help you understand something, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you as your leader that I think that those, those momentum outreaches are very important for us to experience some breadth of community. Just to remind you that we are a community, and with a united front, we're going to care for the community. And so I want us to all be committed to that. And so, man, we can't have eight people, man, when we got 60 people in discipleship coming to a Thanksgiving outreach. That's absolutely horrible, guys. And that's not about shaming. I'm just saying we are Mac Ave, and here's what we're committed to. This is why we're here. Okay? So we have to ask the Lord to give us, allow us to be motivated by grace and also understand the responsibility that God has given us as a covenant community. And you know I'm all about if you need to rest, you rest. Okay? But when you have 10 in one outreach and then eight in the next and then eight, then we all resting all the time. Okay, give me 25, then 20, then 15. But guys, let's make sure that we're, I think we're, just, we're missing importance. I want us to understand those, out, the things we're doing, they're actually important to expressing with one voice. Not just you being nice to your neighbor, but for them to see that there are people all over this community on fire for Jesus. Yes, ma'am. We had a very small number of individuals that came to our Thanksgiving um, outreach. I think you were there. Um, very small number. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and again, you know my heart here. I, my, my, the way I talk is the shoe fit, wear it, okay? You know you got to go to a wedding, praise the Lord, hallelujah. If you weren't at a wedding, deal with it. So I'm just saying that you know where you were, and the question you got to ask yourself is do you find yourself, you know, flyers are here, and you just you forget to get them. You forget to hand them out. Do you find yourself, you got them in your room, and then you're like, well, it's raining, and in your heart you're going, I'm glad it's raining, you know? You got to ask yourself those issues, okay? I don't know your hearts. I'm just saying we need to ask the Lord to allow us to make sure that we realize that God, okay, only you can provide joy in my heart to be going out here and being willing to be a nobody for Jesus. Okay. All right. And so I can't appease you in your heart because I don't know what you've been doing. What I do know is that doesn't represent the passion that I see in you guys. That's what I know. So be on journey. If you, if you're an incubator right now, cause you got to get some things right in your own life. Praise the Lord. We celebrate that. But please don't let it be because you become apathetic. Don't let it be because you become lulled stricken. Don't let it be because you're just going, well, the other people will do it. Please let it be legit. That's all I'm asking. And if we're all in therapy, praise the Lord. We won't do outreach. I'm cool with that. But it needs to be legit, guys. Um, understand the difference between top-down and community-driven. And I think this is something... I feel like maybe, maybe the outreaches, and this is just my opinion, I wonder if we think that the outreaches are kind of like top-down, and then with our neighbor, that's kind of the, you know, the real sauce kind of deal, right? Like top-down, like, like we lead, like the staff team, we lead these outreaches, and we got to do what staff says, and that's not the case, guys. That has not, that's not the reason why we started those outreaches. That's not why we do what we do in that framework. The reason, we are saying they're community-driven. We are wanting to be an opportunity for you to express God's glory through a communal voice. That's the goal. Okay, guys? All right. Um, so here, so we're going to get this. We're going to ha- this is out back. This is right back here. Okay. One second. This is out back. Um, you'll be able to get, this is an attempt of us trying to have things early for you guys. This is the outreach schedule. Leon has them right now. This is the outreaches that we're going to have. If you notice, we're going to have um, a couple groups leading the Matt groups, uh, leading the outreaches. Uh, so that we can have much more uh, uh, firepower uh, during those days. We're giving them to you now so you can, you can jot them down and know this is the day when our MAC group is on mission doing this outreach leading. Obviously, again, as a united front, we want all of you there. But we get it. You, got, you know that. Well, I get it if you can't be there. That's totally cool. Even if you just need a rest. Praise the Lord. Take a rest. Know my heart there. But what I'm saying is here's what we're trying to do. Here are the outreaches. And uh, we're going to continue to try and even get these better so we can be clear on what we're doing, why we're doing it, uh, in honor of the Lord. Sarah? Absolutely. Absolutely. If you, yeah, I mean, if you know me, yeah, I'm, I'm totally into being corrected. Yeah. So uh, Sarah was saying, what does it look like? Well, hopefully we can have the opportunity that now we have these dates for the mad groups to get together and really process what does it look like for us to foster community and not, uh, and not entitlement, uh, but really like a hands, a hand up, not a handout approach and making sure that we are building dignity and that we're neighboring and adding value to our neighbors versus just doing something to people. And uh, we totally celebrate that. Get together 18, 20 times, hang out, figure it out, make it be super robust and gospel centered. That would be gravy. Would love it. Please asking all of you, do that. At the end of the service, get together in your mad groups and set up the time. We'd love it. That'd be awesome. Thank you, sis. Awesome. That's great. Yes, ma'am? Or? Sorry. Yes, ma'am. There you go. So, and this will be, and you have, and Leon has a paper and also it'll be, uh, we'll have that online. So uh, hopefully that'll help us out. Um, by the way, this is totally not a slide or anything. Uh, we have that Mac. Do we still have that Mac uh, list where people have stuff on there? You don't have that anymore? Because I know we, yeah, I want to make, we're going to get something because I know I still have stuff there. This is totally, I know y'all like, what does it got to do with that vision? I just want to make sure I know that people are always giving in our body and I want to make sure there's an avenue for us to be able to uh, be giving in our body as people are needy for different reasons. That's just how I am. Y'all know me. So 
All right, so personal community goes as we talk through all that, guys. I just want to give you a couple. I want to just ask you guys to pray for three or four people that you will engage consistently for the whole year. Okay? So you know what we're about. You know how we do outreach. But when you think of the neighboring piece, we want to balance that. You're not just neighboring. You want to really use, and we're talking about this in a moment, use the community for, your, for um, God's glory. But ask yourself, for the next year, how do you, you got three neighbors, four neighbors, put them up, pray for your neighbors, care for the people in our community. Um, and let's just, let's love, let's just care, and let's not make it a hustle, you know? Let's just let's get to, let's become friends. Hopefully you are friends. It's fun. God has done a lot in my heart where I'm actually, where my, my wife and I, and she's actually sad to say she's been leading the charge. And uh, we're actually becoming friends uh, with our neighbors, and it's awesome. It's really fun. So, um, okay, so that's, that's, that's a specific challenge to everyone in our body. Three to four people, guys, that you're engaging, all right? You're just consistently engaging. You're praying for them. You're asking the Lord to help you understand how to bring gospel light to them, okay? All right, guys? I don't think y'all are united. Are we united in that? Amen. Amen. Okay. Uh, embrace community outreach as a tool in nourishment. The, uh, community outreach, we want it to be a tool and also nourishment for your soul to be engaged in the body. Tool that people can come in. And again, you're this huge trunk in their life where they just know you. But then you want them to meet other people. So the relationship is not just hinged on you. But they can see all these other people living the life of the gospel. Okay? Yes. Yeah, you can Yes. People you're already engaged with. Yeah, if you if you if you if you have been here and you got neighbors and friends, you you already halfway, you know, you're halfway there. Amen. Um all right, so that's outreach. That was a lot, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. You want to stand up real quick. Amen. I said there was a lot of things I was going to do new this year, but it wasn't go shorter. Okay, guys. All right, let's have a seat, please. All right, discipleship. I'm not going to go through the whole vision. You guys who have a discipleship defined book, just know that we hinge everything on the reality that God is calling us to be disciples of Christ. Make disciples of Christ. He gives it clearly how he wants us to do that in Matthew 18 through 20. That's why we do. That's why we pour our lives into one another. And that's why we're in community pouring our lives into one another. Um, Hopefully that uh, helps you guys. Again, if you want more information, there's a ton of it. And you can talk to 60 people or so uh, in our local body who can clearly explain why discipleship is a pillar of what we do in this community. And it's how we're trusting the Lord uh, for systemic change in our local body and in in this community. Um, so being focused and faithful in discipleship, I do want to talk about one piece, and that is how are we raising up disciples, guys? So uh, we, we had a discipleship meeting, and I shared this brief. I shared this with them, but I'm going to share it as a, as a body as a whole. Here's what's happened with us as a local body, guys. And don't miss this, okay? What's happened in our local body is that we have said, okay, uh, we're going to raise up disciples, okay? We're going to share our faith, see people come to Christ. We're going to start pouring into them. We're going to have the foundations binded. We're going, to, we're, going to, we're going to make it happen, okay? What began to happen is God began to become gracious to us, where he provided people who were um, mature believers or certain kind of believers. Um, individuals moved in, but then we started having a few indigenous people in our community. And, but what began to happen is we haven't had a lot of people going out and raising up disciples. The culture has shifted um, by default to people waiting to be placed with the disciple. You see the difference? There's a difference between you sitting with someone that you're pouring into and saying, we're going to train you up in your faith. And then we are going to pray and trust the Lord as we go out to see God raise up men and women for his glory. And then we're going to mature them in Christ versus me and you're going to meet together. We're going to get spiritually, you know, mature. We're going to grow in the Lord. And then we're going to wait for uh, the, the, the general managers to call us up, you know, from the minors so we can begin the game. You see that? One, the, the, the whole sitting and waiting for us to say, hey, here's somebody we want you to disciple is not our vision. That's not what MacAv is, is, exists for. That's not what Matthew 28 says. It doesn't say, wait until the, the, the pastors give you a disciple. Okay? It says for you to go and make disciples of all nations. Okay, guys? Now, will we stop giving disciples? Absolutely not. 
when people come here and they're thriving in the Lord and they want to grow in their faith, but some of you guys have been here a while and you're still not being discipled, I think you're missing out on community. You're missing out on Mac Africa. That's what we do. Uh, but, but, you know, praise the Lord. You hopefully get some good word here and I don't know what else you're doing. But, yeah, I, I would encourage you to be in a discipleship relationship. But the reality is if you're just sitting and you're waiting for us to, to tell you to disciple someone, then you, we're really building um, – um, we're building a culture that we never, that was never designed to be built. Okay. So that means we're going to still give disciples, but we want us all to have the framework, the passion, the trust in Christ takes more faith to ask the Lord as you're pouring into a brother or sister. Hey, we're going to keep praying. I know you don't see nobody right now, but we're going to keep praying. I know it's been six months. We're going to keep praying. We're going to keep going out and we're going to ask the Lord to allow us to share our faith, neighbor well, see people come to Christ and see people be growing up in Jesus. Can God do that? Praise the Lord. Jesus can do that. That's what we're trusting the Lord for. And so we want to unite in front in this body that every one of us, both who have disciples and those who are waiting right now saying, I want to disciple someone, but pastor hasn't given me anyone yet for you to change that stinking thinking and say, no, God is calling me to go out and see people become disciples. And so when we're doing it together, right, we're, we're giving disciples, but also you're hoping the Lord and trusting the Lord saying, if pastor called me or not, it's irrelevant. I'm trusting Jesus. I don't trust pastor. Okay. And so when that happens, then we're saying, hey, I mean, we're going to win because people are going to get rise up, but then people are going to come into our body and then we're going to keep growing. And we're going to have more influence in the community. And then we're going to fulfill Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Okay. Yes, I thought so. One more quote. Does somebody have a real? Okay, yes, yes. You're totally right. And you usher them in community. Again, we have to figure out ways. We've got to be trusting the Lord that people are connecting to us. And we need to trust the Lord with the people to say, I, I want you to see something that's way crazier than what I'm doing. Look at this body of people. And to usher people into the framework, this, 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 this organism of kingdom living. Uh, and so as when that happens and then we meet, you know, the Patricias and we go, oh, we met a cool sister, loves the Lord, walking the Lord. Hey, and she says, hey, I want to connect. And now we get another discipler. We get another person who wants to grow up in the Lord, who wants to pour her life in. Yeah. So I definitely would say, yeah, don't feel like you now, if you have met the person, because like some of you guys might have the gift of evangelism. You can people, people come to Christ. All of a sudden you're like, I got 15 disciples. Like, right. I don't want you jumping out of a window. That's not what happens. Right. We want people in our local body not discipling more than two. Now, if you want to be crazy and go do more, that's between you and Jesus. Just know we told you just two. All right? And then other than two, then we would love for you to say, hey, you know what? There are some awesome people want to point you in this direction of kingdom. And hopefully the Lord will use that because there's awesome body members here who people will be absolutely blessed to have a part of their life. So good, good question. Everybody got that piece? That was a good question. What do you do if you have more people than you have capacity? Then you, you introduce them to covenant community. Uh, accountability for discipleships, disciple guys and disciplers. We, uh, we're still trying to figure out how to be holding each other accountable. Because, um, you know, some of us have great, vibrant, thriving discipleship relationships, and some of us don't. And we want everybody to have a good, thriving discipleship relationship. So both the per- people who are being discipled and those who are discipling, we have a document that we're going to be giving you through your, um, uh, through your discipleship chain where uh, the person who's being discipled can, sh- can jot down how things are going, but also the person who's discipling uh, can jot down how things are going. So you can be holding each other accountable, but also that we can be holding you accountable and see what's really going on. Because right now we just don't want, we feel like there's some relationships where we're going, man, that makes me sad that people are in those relationships where they're not being cared for. Okay, and that should not be happening in our body. Uh, but, you know, we're all in process and we want to just make sure that we can, before the Lord, have it be the best process possible. So um, we're going to be giving this to you real soon. Okay, guys, just want to give you a heads up there. We've talked about this uh, millions of times. Faithfulness and training and preparation. There's not, I'm not going to harp on this. It's, it's like being in a 
you know, pro football league, you know, I mean, at some point you drop the X's and O's, we have to execute. Okay. Uh, you guys know, I know when I'm being faithful to the people I'm discipling when I'm not being faithful. All right. And I'm just, I'm just begging you guys, uh, for the sake of, of this thing being bigger than you and being about Christ, that when you are being poured into, you'll be faithful to that. And that when you are pouring into someone else, you will take that seriously. That's, I, I don't think there's one thing that frustrates me is when I see people just, just flippantly not meeting and caring and praying and saying, I'm taking it seriously that God has given me a jewel and I need to make sure that I am seeking Christ so that I can point someone to Jesus. And if you can't, cry out. But let's not have people wavering, lost in the sauce somewhere. Okay, guys? I uh, just want to encourage you guys. One thing that I've seen, this thing, this discipleship thing is not about theologically astuteness. Although, you know, I'm serious about theology. I'm serious about exegesis. What I'm seeing, though, you know what matters. I mean, I, you're going to be theologically tight, praise the Lord, because hopefully you're at MacAv, and we're going to be training you toward that end. But, man, you know what matters? Building a friendship. I'm telling you, I have seen it over and over again. People, and I'm going, how is his disciple doing all that? When I think of where he's at, even in his theology, but I watch men and women just love well and say, you know what? I don't really know the answers. Can we go to the Bible together? And I see those people growing and experiencing health and joy more than this person who has a degree and is all deep theologically, but you're unfaithful. So I want to encourage you to really consider what does it look like for you in these relationships to pursue the men and the women that God has placed in your life. At the end of the day, God is sovereign. I didn't place them in your life. Christ did because they're in your life. Matt groups. Um, we, we, we're here and we said we're going to once a month, I'm, I want everybody, here's another challenge. Okay, guys, can everybody write this down? This is, this is something I'm saying I would like for you to do as I, as I lead this church is every person, if you're in a mat group, I would like your mat groups to spend a couple weeks going over the mat group structure and vision. Does that make sense? I want you guys to go through it, to look at it and see that, that last piece where we're talking about what does it look like for us to go out and be on mission at least once a month. Again, we're not letters of the law. We're just saying there should be some sense of frequency and passion about how do we try to come together, be prayerful about our community, about our neighbors, and go out together. Okay? That's what we need to be doing. So let's make sure that we're all on the same page, faithfulness and focus. Let's all be on the same page on how we're going to engage our community. All right, guys? And if you're new and you're like, what's this Matt group sheet? I, we, we would love to give you one just to see what we're doing, what we're trusting the Lord for, okay? Here's a goal that I'm trusting the Lord for. Why can't th- that, should, that can happen? And you know, I mean, what does that mean for Matt groups to double? You know what that means? That's exciting because that means that there's a double occupancy, people of disciples who are being discipled and who now have an opportunity to pour into this community. That means we now have more people who might can do MacLit. That means we have more people who can now neighbor well. That means we have more people who can be an arsenal in the community as we're doing our momentum outreaches. That means that now we can have more people who are caring for pregnant wives. That means we can have more people who can counsel people in our body who just don't have the energy or the capacity to be on mission because God wants to do something in their life. Can we trust the Lord for that? I want to trust the Lord for that. I pray you would trust the Lord for that with me that the Lord would double our mad groups in a year. Here's the thing. One thing we got to do in this body because of what, we, what we're about, we got to make sure that we don't make missional living an excuse for lack of faith. You hear me? That we're not like, well, I'm, look, I, know, I don't know if God, you know, we talk about new creation. I don't know what God's going to do in 15 years. That's true. But that doesn't mean we can't pray for it. That doesn't mean we can't trust the Lord for it. You understand what I mean by that? So we're on mission. We're serving the Lord. And sometimes we can get so caught up in like, I just want to be faithful. So I want to share my faith. Trust God with the results. Totally. That we forget to say, but I'm going to ask God for specific things. And I'm going to believe God that he can do, he can change this whole community. And I get scared that now your, your work's based and you just want a lot of people. 
we have to figure out that, that ebb and flow where we can ask God for big things and it not be evil. It's okay. Okay? Our goal, our goal is not, you know, as soon as we, as we grow, you know we're going to plan. That's not our deal. But man, we want to have an influence for God's glory. We want to go down swinging. Any questions, guys? All right. So I know you guys, and I got something to wake you up now. You ready for this? All right. Hope that was encouraging to you in the gospel. Uh, we have uh, a few. Um, oh, we go, oh, I'm sorry. We're going to do a re- reassessment of what we already talked about so you can know. Here are three things that basically out of all of this we're saying I want you to be about. We're saying this is what we want to focus on. We've talked about faithfulness and focus. So all the stuff we've talked about hopefully has been theologically energizing. But can we trust the Lord for this as a community? Can we have buy-in? All right. So, guys, I want to um, give you some, some good news. Bring my man E up real quick. All right, good but sad. You can get some love. All right. All right, big baby. All right, so, so basically, quit whispering and stuff, you little gossipers. All right. I'm just kidding. Okay, so, so basically, let me, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to frame this right because this is really hard for me because this is my, my dog. Um, I'm just going to fo- try to follow these slides so that will help me. Okay, so when we first started Mac Avenue Community Church, uh, me, uh, me and E were talking and Lee, and we were like, uh, wouldn't it be cool to see Eric someday start a Mac, like an auto clinic? You know, we're like, yeah, yeah, you know, and we were all like, yeah, that would be so awesome. And I think in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I hope somebody else will do it and he'll kind of lead it from afar, you know, because I never saw that he would actually have to, like, leave or, or actually start this thing. So that was, so this was always in our mind from the beginning of uh, what we wanted to do. Um, as time went on, uh, we just felt like, man, Eric is super faithful. He's one of the godliest people I know. His character just oozes out of his ears. Uh, his skill set, uh, he just, just, yeah, there it is. Yeah. But, um, but, but, but as he served faithfully in his role uh, for many years as, as, as my executive pastor, uh, it just there wasn't great joy um, uh, in the role. I think we kick it hard and have a good time as a team, uh, but, but just the, 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 the content, uh, this was hard for him. And I think he continually labored well because that's the kind of guy he is. Um, so, uh, you know, you know our, our boy has a heart to serve the community. Um, and so he uh, came to me, and just was, as you know, because we we're best friends, we've been, man, I don't know how long now we've been together. 14 years, yeah, 14 years we've been together. And uh, <laughs> it's not like marriage. <laughs> Where is it, man? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> um, so he has a heart to serve the community. And, um, so we've always, here's the thing, guys, and I want all you guys to hear this, because we have engineers, we got lawyers, we got uh, entrepreneurs. Our heart, we look at this community, we're in a food desert, okay? There's not a lot of ingenuity going on in the community. There's not a lot of businesses. And so one of the things we're trusting the Lord for is that we will actually establish and build businesses in this community, okay? All right, so, all right, and so we thought, well, he came up and said, Eric, I think it's time, and I would love uh, to start um, a car garage. And, uh, and so... I'm like, what? No. So, uh, so we talked through it, and he has been working hard and, um, for the last couple of months and getting this thing together. And so basically effective on, uh, on February uh, 1st, um, we will have uh, the Mac Garage Detroit. Now, now we don't, we don't have that building yet. Just to be yeah, that's a prayer request. Yeah, I, I, went, I, went, I went too fast. Sorry, that's a prayer request. So get your mind praying. So, um, yeah, that's, yeah. You're like, ooh, nice building. You're like, not yet. So um, here's the thing, guys. Um, I'm going to have Eric share a little bit about it, the whole concept of what we're doing, yeah. and then I'll come back in. So. Yeah. Amen. Well, thank you, family. I know this is a big transition. Um, February 1st is right around the corner, um, less than a month away. Uh, but we have been praying and planning and thinking about the best way to communicate this to uh, you as a body. And um, the desire, again, of this auto garage is to utilize a skill set that, that God has given me. Uh, I've been working in cars for 20 years now. Um, I know I don't look that old, but I have been. <laughs> and uh, we will um, 
be very focused as a, as a garage. Um, we'll be working on all makes and all models, but at the very same time, we'll be um, putting our rates underneath the state average. Uh, we'll be focusing on um, serving with honesty and integrity, something that is often far, hard to find at an automotive, automotive repair clinic um, where things are laid out very clearly. Um, and one of the things that I'm most excited about is that um, Nate Shoemaker, if I want to bring Nate up as well, hey, dog. is going to be joining me in this venture. So Nate is going to be joining me in this venture as well. And uh, we are trusting yeah. the Lord uh, to build up and raise up uh, this, this business back garage. And, uh, and within uh, the next two years, our plan, our dream is to see it also um, uh, multiply. And it's going to fold into a Mac Training Garage, uh, which is a uh, not-for-profit um, automotive training clinic in the community for men in our community to gain a skill set uh, and be prepared for um, automotive work themselves. And so that's one of the main reasons we'll be starting um, out of my garage, which, again, if you know me, God has blessed me with a 1,200-square-foot garage, so it's not like we don't have room. <laughs> We've got um, a great space already, which is what I'll be starting out of working daily, and Nate's going to join me as well when he leaves his job in February. Um, but then uh, no. we will be um, praying, want you to pray for this building, which is right out across from uh, Eric's house on Mac Avenue, um, Mac and Parker, and uh, 8115. It's a great facility. It would have uh, all the room we would need for growth and for this uh, future training clinic as well. And so if you guys could be praying with us to that end, um, and if you would so be gracious and let us work on your cars, we would love to start serving and... and, and and blessing this uh, this body, um, obviously first and foremost, and telling your neighbors. Awesome. Okay, so a couple of things real quick. Uh, so uh, first thing, just know uh, that this will be for profit. Okay, so he will be leaving staff, just for clarity. Uh, so that's the hard part. Um, obviously, uh, what's cool is him and Kelt. They obviously will still be in the community as leaders. Um, so that's what's awesome. And eventually, hopefully, uh, part of the elder group and the whole nine. So um, just know that that's a hard transition for us because we've been kind of uh, joint at the hip for years, if, uh, us three. So that's hard. Uh, but also know that this cat, guys, I don't know if you know, he's an engineer. So he's uh, leaving. Uh, yeah, he's leaving his job to come do this. And if you know anything about Nate, yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of a pay cut. You know what I'm saying? So... Um, but just love his integrity and, and these guys. And also, I just want to encourage you seriously. I mean, he can, he, it's hard to make your own appeal, but I don't even know why you would go, go somewhere else when you have someone with such integrity like these guys and who are very serious about making sure now that your car works, but not only give you a deal, but they are serious about making sure uh, that you get treated fairly. So make sure you, we get the word out in our community, our neighbors, uh, so that this thing will be uh, way bigger than what we can even think of. Okay, guys? But for his glory, and not just so these guys will be big Mac Daddy garage people or whatever. That's right. We don't want I don't know much about cars. So, uh, so we're excited about that. Anything else you want to add? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll have some flyers the next couple of weeks for you guys yourselves. Um, most of you know my phone number already. Call me if you need something even now. Um, but we, um, we will have flyers uh, that you can hand out to your neighbors. And, uh, again, at this point, we're asking for your support and for your prayers with this new venture. Amen. Okay, so, um, so we're going to... This is for profit. This is not part of the CDC. Uh, but, but in two years, we'll be starting a component yeah, the Mac that training will... Garage, the Mac Training Garage. We're trusting that we'll be part of the CDC. Are you guys still raising support? These guys? These guys? Well, well so our staff team does. He, he, will not, he will be for profit, so he will not be raising support. He will be all support. Uh, yeah, he'll be... He's going out. We're kicking him out of the nest. Fly, right. so, little birdie. So that's what's up. Yeah, I mean, thank you so much, bro. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the big two things are be praying for us uh, and then also uh, entrust uh, your car repairs uh, to us and we will, we will treat you right for sure. And referrals, yeah. I mean, we definitely want to be a, a word of a mouth business advertising. Thank you, bro. <laughs> Amen. <laughs>
actually, this guy, he's, he's our bike mechanic. Hey, man, yeah. I got you, right. Yeah, and be, but let's... But lift these guys up because he, because, you know, Nate has, Nate has like, I mean, he'll be done. And we're trying to figure out like what, what does pay and all that look like? Because we're going to be having Eric on a sliding scale where he'll be kind of cared for, for some sense of duration. Uh, but we're just trying to figure out how to make it all, how to make it all work. So the, the, just, the logistics still have to be worked out to make sure that everyone's in the best place. Because at the end of the day, we want this thing to succeed by God's grace. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're, we're trying to, so you guys, letting you guys know, we're putting our best foot forward as a local body. You guys in our resources to make sure that we can uh, care for these guys in a way to honor the Lord. So Which we're very thankful for, especially since Kelsey's pregnant and you guys all know that. So maybe coming in June, it's a big step of faith right now. Norma, I think you had a question. I mean, at this point, we're just asking you guys to, to pray for us and support us through uh, using our business. But um, thank you so much. I just love our body and how you, you care for us so well. Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah, you guys are unbelievable. So, hey, so we're going to have, we're going to party like it's 1999 when they, well, it's 2012, sorry. But uh, we're going to, so we're going to, yeah, so we're going to uh, allow these guys when they, when we have that end date, we're going to have a great time and send these guys off well. Um, let me pray for us and we continue on. I know, I know that was long, but we, we got some good news, right guys? Um, so I just want to, Hey, Jeff, praise the Lord. Give him love. Yeah. And <laughs> Hey, uh, so let me just clo- close in prayer this piece and I'm probably gonna let you go real soon. Probably Lord Jesus, we just pray for your, uh, Holy spirit to anoint this thing, Lord. We just ask that you would um, be glorified, uh, that these guys will be able to add great dignity and value to this community through this garage, uh, that you will be made much of. Many people will come to Christ. Many young brothers, sisters would be encouraged and grow in their skills and um, car maintenance. And uh, yeah, we just ask, we ask for you, uh, for it to be clear that God did this. Uh, so we just want to, we just trust you for big things, Jesus. Pray for the transition, the logistics. Pray for joy and um, yeah, and that, that he would just feel like he's in a sweet spot. Pray that it would add value to his marriage, um, that he would just enjoy his family, uh, that, that, that Lord, the local body, that everyone, uh, you would just be, we would see this and you we go, oh man, I'm sad, but Lord, you would be doing something to try to add, just add way more value to this local body and everything uh, that gets touched through it. Uh, so we pray uh, for you to be um, exalted. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, amen. And that's a, that's a cool thing is... Um, as you know, we were talking, we had our sad tears and stuff. But at the end of the day, we were like, we we're excited. We we're like, man, Lord, it seems like you're in this. You know, and we think uh, we're right now, we're praying for our local body as we try to consider what does it look like um, gathering people uh, to take, take uh, the place of Eric uh, in, some of his, in some of his roles. So be lifting that up. Um, for the sake of time, we're going to actually close up and get some food. Um, okay? As usual, I always ask.